Hi, my name is Monique and you are listening to the Chronic Illness Unfiltered podcast. Here at Chronic Illness Unfiltered, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. The Chronic Illness Unfiltered podcast is recorded on Wadandi country. On this podcast, we will be discussing the highs, lows and all that comes with being diagnosed and living with a chronic illness. Come along as we share the personal stories of others who live with chronic illnesses and what they've learned along the way. Please note this podcast is intended for sharing personal stories, discussing relevant topics and is not promoting any personal medical advice. Hi everybody, it's your host Monique and today I wanted to jump on for our first episode and share a little bit more about myself and my journey so far with chronic illness and chronic pain. So my journey started in 2012, I was 15 at the time and I had started to experience some pelvic pain. I went to my local emergency department where they suspected that it was due to constipation and sent me home and my symptoms didn't resolve so I went back to the hospital the following day where I was admitted due to suspected appendicitis. The following afternoon I went down for surgery and not only was my appendix removed but at the time they used ablation so they burnt off some cysts that were also found on both of my ovaries. Up until this point I didn't really have any issues with my menstrual cycle. It was always very regular, normal. I didn't really have much pain. They weren't too heavy but following this surgery I did find that I did start to get the odd pelvic pain more often. My periods did become heavier. They did become more painful, but it wasn't to the point that it was interrupting my daily life and activities. So fast forward to the beginning of 2015, and I had started to experience some quite severe digestive symptoms. This included feeling very nauseous, sick, very tired, I didn't have much energy, I was getting a lot of upper abdominal cramping and pain, indigestion, quite severe constipation. I went to my doctor and we started undergoing investigations for this. We started with some blood tests which all came back normal but it did show that I had pretty low iron so I ended up going in for an iron infusion. I went for a abdominal ultrasound which again came back normal so the next step was an upper endoscopy and colonoscopy and following that procedure I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Now at the time I was only 19 and I had no idea what celiac disease was. I'd never heard of celiac disease before. So celiac disease is an autoimmune disorder that's triggered when a person eats gluten. Gluten is a protein found in wheat, barley, rye and some other grains. And when somebody with celiac disease eats something that contains gluten, their body overreacts to the protein and damages their small intestine which this then can cause the symptoms that I was explaining before. So once I had received that diagnosis, I went ahead with seeing a dietitian who helped me get my diet on track with cutting out gluten and still ensuring that I was getting the right nutrients, having enough fiber and things like that as well. So then moving forward at the end of 2016 at a dancing concert rehearsal, 
I fell and rolled my right ankle. Now, I danced quite a lot growing up as a child. I loved it. It was my biggest passion. I was definitely used to my fair share of dancing injuries and I was actually eventually diagnosed with scoliosis, so I have an S-curve in my spine. Now, at this dance rehearsal, as I said, I had fallen and rolled my ankle. I booked in with my physio the following day and started going to physio twice a week. After a couple of weeks, we weren't seeing much progress or relief in my pain. So I was then referred on to a sports medicine doctor to possibly get a cortisone injection. Now, due to a family history, I asked if I could have an MRI scan done prior to this, which the doctor was really on board with. So I went in and had this MRI scan. Then I went back to his office and got the results. So when I was back getting the results from him, he explained that there were just some kind of red flags that popped up. There was no major injury, but he was concerned that I may have had arthritis, which I do have a family history of. So the next step from there was I was put on a 10-day course of steroids and I was referred to a rheumatologist. I didn't find much relief from the steroids and when I went to meet with the rheumatologist around the beginning of 2017, we went through my symptoms, kind of everything that had happened and I was actually diagnosed with something called complex regional pain syndrome, which again, I had never heard of. So complex regional pain syndrome, or CRPS as it's called for short, is a form of chronic pain that usually affects a person's arm or leg, and it typically develops after an injury or a surgery. So I believe the exact cause for complex regional pain syndrome isn't entirely known, but in my case, it was described to me as a dysfunction of my nervous system. So the nervous system that passes the messages between the brain and the limbs through the spinal cord. A person with complex regional pain syndrome may experience sensations like gentle touch or warmth or cold as being extremely painful. So for myself, in my case, I had to do quite a lot of physiotherapy and quite a lot of desensitization so that those things were more tolerable for me. On top of this, I continued to see my rheumatologist. I was also referred to a pain specialist as well. And over the years, I trialed quite a lot of different pain medications to help me manage the pain, which as of now, I have come off completely. I've learnt my triggers when it comes to my CRPS, which is generally excessive amounts of exercise and weather, particularly cold weather, triggers my complex regional pain syndrome. Another thing I wanted to mention as well, which I know I'm not the only person that this has happened to, but my injury that occurred initially in my right ankle, but within a couple of months, my complex regional pain syndrome had basically mirrored itself. So I now experience the pain in both of my ankles and up to both of my knees. As of today, it's something that I've definitely learnt to live with and it has taken me, you know, quite a few years to come to this point. I definitely still have pain. I, the way that I would describe it to somebody is it feels like my legs are on fire 24-7 or like pins and needles as well. So as I said, it's something now that I 
you know, it doesn't bother me as much as what it used to when I was first diagnosed with it. I definitely still have bad days and flare-ups, but for the most part, I'm able to manage it and not let it interfere with my day-to-day -day life. So now following this, when I entered into my early 20s, I started to experience very severe cystic acne. At the time, there was not really an answer for it. And I ended up going to a dermatologist and was put on a medication after a lot of trial and error, a lot of different skincare, medications, antibiotics. Yes, I eventually went to a dermatologist and was put on a medication after 10 months and my acne had cleared. So at the beginning of 2021, I noticed that my digestive symptoms were just becoming a little bit worse again. I was following my gluten-free diet, but I was noticing that I was experiencing quite bad constipation, very bad indigestion, upper abdominal pain, cramping, nausea, again, the kind of low energy. I went back to my doctor, we did bloods, we did some ultrasounds and everything was back normal. So I ended up having another upper endoscopy, which again came back normal. And over the following months, I'd started to notice that I was experiencing some pelvic pain, but I wasn't noticing a correlation between the digestive symptoms with my menstrual cycle or anything like that until about halfway through last year and I ended up going to the hospital again due to this lower pelvic pain that I was experiencing. I wasn't offered much pain relief and I was just sent home with an ultrasound referral and I went back the next day and had this ultrasound done. So during this ultrasound, the sonographer was asking me about my history, my previous surgery that I'd had in 2012. She kept on saying that she couldn't see my ovaries and that my ovaries were immobile. And at the end of the scan, she told me that I had suspected endometriosis. So the following day, I was able to see my doctor and he said, yes, I do. I do believe that you have suspected endometriosis and it definitely explains those digestive symptoms that you've been having as well. So he did me a referral and I was able to get in with a gynecologist the following week. At this appointment, we talked through my symptoms, we talked through my pain and what I was experiencing. So the symptoms that I was experiencing in relation to my cycles and my pelvic pain, I had consistent pain on my left side. It was like a stabbing pain. My periods were becoming heavier. My periods were also becoming quite painful. It felt like someone had wrapped barbed wire around my uterus and was just pulling on it. They were just unbearable. It was, yeah, it was awful. And then again, I was having that along with the mixture of the digestive symptoms as well. So during this appointment, we talked through all of that. She also attempted an internal exam and I was also diagnosed with something called vaginismus. 
So vaginismus occurs when the muscles around the vagina tighten involuntarily. So following that appointment, I was also referred to a pelvic floor physio and I have been undergoing treatment for that since. So again, at this appointment, we discussed kind of what my options were in regards to this suspected endometriosis. And the plan of action was to book in a laparoscopy, a diagnostic laparoscopy for December of 2021. And I was also prescribed with the pill. Now, I had never taken the pill before. I had never been on any type of hormonal contraception before. So she did give this to me and said, kind of, the ball is in your court. If it's something you want to take, you can take it. But I do suggest that you do take it post the laparoscopy. So a couple of weeks went by and all of these symptoms that I was having, again, were getting a lot worse. I ended up in hospital on three different occasions within three weeks of each other. During one of those stays I saw a doctor from the gynecology team and he did suggest to ta start taking the pill until my surgery so I did start taking it I really didn't notice much of a difference in my pain I had about three weeks of breakthrough bleeding but I just continued on with it until the surgery another issue I was having was that my constipation was becoming so bad that I was needing to do bowel cleansers so basically taking colonoscopy prep to keep my bowels going because I was just getting so constipated so due to this they did want me to have another upper endoscopy and colonoscopy done just to go in and make sure that everything was okay so I had the upper endoscopy and colonoscopy and during that procedure I was diagnosed with chronic gastritis and I also had a polyp and a few hemorrhoids treated and removed following that I was in quite a lot of discomfort for a couple of days which I wasn't expecting but then after a couple of days I was back to my normal self. I ended up having my laparoscopy brought forward to the end of September due to the severity of my symptoms and I went in for that surgery two weeks after my endoscopy and colonoscopy. So my laparoscopy was booked in as a day procedure. I went down and the operation took 45 minutes. A mixture of ablation, which is burning, and excision, which is cutting the endometriosis out, was used. I had it found and removed from my left uterosacral ligament, my pouch of Douglas, and multiple spots from my bladder, including a spot that was left due to a high risk of injury. Coming out, I was in quite a lot of pain and my obs were not great, so they ended up keeping me in overnight and I went home the following day. Following this surgery, I the recovery was a little bit tough. I took two weeks off work and it definitely was not as quick of a recovery as I found my laparoscopy was in 2012. It really took me quite a while to kind of feel like I was getting back to myself again. And while I did notice an improvement in some of my symptoms, my heavy painful periods remained the same and I started to experience some quite severe bladder issues. So these included having a lot of pain when my bladder was full, quite a lot of pain when emptying my bladder, 
I had to use the toilet a lot more frequently and I had quite a lot of urgency as well when needing to use the toilet. Another way I would describe it is it felt like I just had a permanent UTI, but every time I went to my doctor to be tested for one, it always came back negative. So that's how we were quite sure that this was due to the endometriosis on my bladder. So from there, I was referred to a urologist we ended up doing a cystoscopy so it was quite a straightforward procedure i was awake um, a camera was inserted into my urethra and into my bladder to have a good look around i was able to see the whole thing happening in front of me on a screen while it was being explained to me by the specialist so during this we didn't find any signs of inflammation or irritation inside of my bladder but he could see something on the outside that was kind of pushing in it wasn't going through the wall of my bladder but it was just creating a very odd shape within my bladder which he suspected was due to the endometriosis so I went back to my GP and from there we decided to go back to a gynecologist this time I was a little bit more informed. I'd done quite a bit more research and I was very adamant about wanting to see an excision specialist. So somebody that purely specialized in removing endometriosis by cutting it out and not burning it off. So I went back to him. He asked me if there was anybody that I preferred to see. And there was two specialists that were my preferences. So I got a referral to both. From there, I was told by my GP, you know, go and see them both, go see what they have to say and kind of get a feel for who you gel with the best and then make your decision on who you would like to go through from there. So one of the surgeons sent back a letter to say that they were no longer accepting new patients, which made my choice a lot easier. And within a couple of weeks, I was up and seeing my new surgeon. So my appointment with this surgeon was an hour long, my initial appointment. I had never felt so validated. I had never felt so heard. He was excellent. And at the end of the appointment, he kind of put the decision in my hands and just said, hey, what do you want to do? What, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And together we decided to go back in for a second surgery and just get it all out. Not only was my surgery planned as the laparoscopy to remove the endometriosis, but we also did a cystoscopy, so a camera in my bladder, a hysteroscopy, a camera in my uterus, a DNC and a cervical pap smear as well. My surgery was booked six weeks after that appointment and I am now 10 and a half weeks post excision surgery. My surgery experience that time around was very different and in the best ways possible. It was done two hours away from my home. So I ended up staying up in the city for a couple of days. I had a booked, pre-booked overnight stay in hospital. My surgery ended up taking two hours long this time and endometriosis was removed from my bladder again and from my right pelvic wall. 
my recovery looked a little bit different in hospital, but it was really good. And then the next day I went home. Well, we went back to some accommodation to stay another night and then we drove back home the following day. So my recovery from that surgery was definitely a lot better than the first time. I found that I got my energy back a lot quicker. I did notice an improvement in my symptoms. I did have the usual post-op constipation um, which I ended up getting twice and had to do another bowel prep cleanse for. I did have a little bit of discomfort with my bladder at first, but those symptoms eased. I ended up getting my period a week and a half early and had it a week post-op and that was horrendous. But I did notice an improvement at first with my ovulation pain. So that's another symptom I was having was really painful ovulation. So I'm now 10 and a half weeks post-op. My periods, they're still quite heavy and painful for the first two to three days. I do still experience the ovulation pain. I do have like a constant left-sided pain. And in recent weeks, my bladder pain has started to return. We are hoping that it's possibly just recovery but there is also a chance that this could be due to nerve damage because of the endometriosis that was on my bladder so we're just kind of investigating it at the moment um and just yeah just gonna see what happens from there but i did want to explain a little bit more about endometriosis so endometriosis is a condition where tissue similar to the tissue that lines the uterus grows outside of the uterus so it is not the same as the endometrium that lines the uterus but similar to endometriosis can be found on the ovaries the tubes it can be found commonly on the bladder the bowel it's also been found on the heart the brain lungs and diaphragm as well endometriosis has been found on every major organ of the body so it is not a period disease it is a full body disease it's a chronic illness there is no cure for endometriosis although there are different treatments that work excision surgery is the gold standard for endometriosis and unfortunately it is not something that is readily accessible to everybody across the world so ablation is something that is used very commonly to remove endometriosis even with excision surgery that is still not a cure for endometriosis and it can still grow back. It can still grow back. And even when you've had endometriosis removed, you can still experience the same symptoms. So removing endometriosis doesn't mean that your endometriosis is gone or that you're cured. So, you know, I think that's a misconception that I have definitely dealt with is like, oh, well, she's had her surgery now. She doesn't have endometriosis anymore, but that's definitely not the case. I still deal with the symptoms. I still deal with the pain. It's a chronic illness. It affects every single aspect of my life on a daily basis, even still. Maybe not to the same extent that it did prior to my surgery, but it definitely still does. And I think that's another kind of misconception is, you know, why put yourself through the surgery? Why put yourself through a second surgery if that's not a cure, if that's not going to help you? But I think anybody who has endometriosis would definitely agree with me when I say that 
at the end of the day, if you have experienced that and you've experienced that pain, you will do anything in your power to help to try and help it even if that's only minimizing the pain or the symptoms by five percent or ten percent or fifty percent it's different for everybody you will do anything that you can to try and um, help and improve that pain and those symptoms and and another thing as well is that endometriosis does not affect everybody the same way it affects people so differently and the stage of endometriosis that you are diagnosed with does not correlate with your pain and symptoms so you could have stage one endometriosis and have very very severe and debilitating symptoms or you may have stage four endometriosis and not even realize that you have it yeah I think endometriosis has definitely kind of got this misconception that it's just a bad period and the, the pill or contraception will cure you or hormonal treatments can cure you or a hysterectomy will cure you, menopause will cure you, but that's definitely not the case at all. There is not a cure for endometriosis currently. It is a full body chronic illness and it is and can be extremely debilitating for many, many, many people, including myself. So yeah, that's, you know, a little bit more about myself and my journey so far. And I am really excited to dive deeper into a lot of these topics and also discuss other forms of chronic illness as well. And hopefully have some other people on here to share their stories too. Everybody's journey with a chronic illness is so, so different. And I really just want to give a voice to other people that experience it as well. So I hope wherever you are in the world, you are saving your spoons and having a low pain day. I am so excited to bring more to you soon. Bye.